What's up party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as 5, 6, 7, 8. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to my good friend, Matt Day, also known as Matt Day from the Bay. Matt is a professional dancer. He's danced for J-Lo, Mariah Carey, Jennifer Hudson, Will I Am, and many, many more. Matt is from the Bay Area in America and is currently living in LA. Matt tells us a bit about his journey and his upbringing. He had a very difficult childhood. Uh, compared to what most of us would have had Um, and we talk about how that kind of prepared him for the dance industry and kind of toughened him up. We also talk about how he found his place within the dance industry and we talk about what it means to be masculine. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was super inspiring to talk to Matt. He's a very good friend of mine. Please go and follow him on social media. Also, this is the first podcast that we've done live on Instagram, so if the audio is a little bit different, that's why I'm going to be doing more of these while we're in quarantine and I hope you enjoy them. Uh, also leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes and if you want to donate to the podcast you can go to our bio and you'll see uh, in our Instagram it says donations from there you can just click on it'll send you right to our PayPal to give us a donation all donations would be truly appreciated Uh, here is the one and only Matt Day my brother my guy what's up Yo, I didn't, you didn't know you're gonna dress up for me, damn. Oh, you know, you know, I gotta be cute for you, Kane. Why not? You're looking fly, bro. Thanks, bro. You know. How? <laughs> how are you, yo? It's been forever. I know, bro. How have you been? Living life, bro. Dodging viruses like I'm in the Matrix. <laughs> Literally, like, every time someone sneezes, I'm like, yo, yo, what? <laughs> yeah, yes. bro. I'm trying to like, stay away from people, man. Um, this it, this been a, a crazy time. How is it out there? Uh, I'm in Vegas right now, bro. I left LA uh, for this whole social distancing situation just because there's more cases in LA than Vegas. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like in LA, a lot of people are still doing the TikToks and going around their friends and like, but at the same time, like, bro, this is a pandemic. Like, this is everybody in the world, you know? So Hollywood will always be Hollywood, bro. Man, always, you know, people will always put um, popularity before, you know, Real life. Reality. Real life. <laughs> Real. So, so uh, well, and that's the perfect segue because that's why I wanted to talk to you. So for those who don't know, uh, I have a podcast called The Ins and Outs and I speak to basically people in the entertainment industry who are succeeding or maybe even not succeeding. Um, just people that inspire me and I, who I feel like people can learn from. Um, and for me, like you're one of my 
you're like my go-to person when I talk about when people go, oh, I've had it hard, or this is the struggle. You're the person where I always go, nah, nah, that's bullshit. Like dreams can come true if you if you stick it out and you hustle through. Because I, I know your journey quite well, but I feel like for other people who don't know you to hear your story, it's super mad inspiring. Because um, you, you've I mean, gone you too, from- bro. You know, like I, I really, I was really with you in the van when you know some life yeah. issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, just to watch you move through that that whole day, um, bro. A lot of people can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And for those who don't know, uh, well, if you listen to the podcast regular, you you'll know I lost my brother to suicide. Well, I I lost my brother. Well, I found out I lost my brother once we arrived on set for a, a commercial for a vodka commercial at like what seven a.m. or something like that. Yeah. Like crazy early, and basically er everyone got out the van, and for some reason whoever made it happen just left me and matt in the van and i got the call and to be honest the most perfect person to be left with because it's someone who's dealt with this kind of real life shit too yeah man <laughs> you and, know, you know I mean? we just went on a quick walk discussed it for a second was like look you know um you know it's not even a pep talk just i'm here you know yeah, that's I'm, all it is i'm here i'm with you in it we got a job to do let's get it done and then get out of here yeah and then handle yeah. handle the emotions afterwards yeah that was a day yeah. <laughs> that was a day yeah, bro. yeah. isn't it crazy though because it was the most like when i explain it to people it doesn't they can't understand it like I, I say like if i don't believe in god and i don't believe in heaven and hell but if there was a heaven the set we were on is what heaven would look like yeah bro because i mean at the like, end of the day i think in, L in la people dramatize a lot of things you know mm. and um and and whenever somebody else goes through something um i feel like even if they're not going through it emotionally at the moment, the people around them end up making the circumstance uh, harder to deal with in the moment because mm. they want to have empathy but don't know how. So like yeah. they're like they rub your back and they kiss your cheek and it's like yo, I really don't want none of this at the moment. I'm trying to focus on not being upset or focus on not having emotions and y'all keep bringing them at me, you know. Um, yeah. So on that set, we didn't have those style people. It was a bunch of people no. that was like, all right, rock, do your thing. So I feel, yeah, like, I feel like God. We, had, we had good yeah. people too, like yeah. with Noah, Leon, you know, yeah. Alex, like yeah. you. I had peeps which I trust. So I don't know. It made the, I'm not going to say the process easy, <laughs> but easier. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it, and uh, you know, I'm forever grateful for you helping me through that shit. <laughs> no doubt, bro. I talk about you all the time, bro. Like, you're my brother. It's, it's you know, in LA, I moved away for a bit. You know, I moved away for like two and a half years. Um, mm. And I got to really sit down and, and, and try to sift through the connections that I made as far as like, what's business, what's friendship, what's family, and, and mm. also what is irrelevant. You know, there's a lot of irrelevant energy in LA, like people who are just around you and it's stagnant. And I feel like you, Noah, Kulian, like, I've been able to walk away with 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 you guys as family members, um, mm. which is solid because uh, Noah is getting ready to move out of L.A. I believe he just had a kid and yeah, he's a grown up. moved and opened up a dance studio on the East Coast. So it's mm. like um, the people that I've made my closest connections with are all people who uh, are more dedicated to life than they are um, the pretend life of La La Land, you know, yeah, than, than dance. <laughs> yeah exactly you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah 100%. well like yo i say that to everyone like my life was so unbalanced i was so dedicated to dance life and and you know that was the, my i was blinkered that's the only thing that mattered at that time 
And then when real life happened and some real shit went down and I lost my brother, it was like, yo, I need to get back in reality with life, not just yeah, dance. What is it all for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, shit, like all these big jobs don't change nothing, but this has happened and I don't have a good memory. Like, you know what I mean? It just changed the whole scenario. Most definitely. Well, I'm proud of you, bro. Like you really, you, you took that and you ran and, 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 and moving back home. I know that that process wasn't easy to get adjusted to being back home, but what you it sucked at first. for yourself is <laughs> pretty dope. Yeah, man, it's good. But enough about me because they need to know about you. That's no why you're here. But I appreciate the love. Um, so basically, you're from Matt Day from the Bay. Obviously, you're from the Bay Area. Uh, you grew up with quite a difficult upbringing, like yeah. quite a difficult childhood. So do you yeah. want to give us a little run through it for people that don't um, know you? I mean, uh, so for anybody that grew up in an underprivileged area, uh, anybody that grew up in an in a, in a, in a area that people call poverty, you know? Uh, there's a lot of challenges you face. You, you, you end up creating a character to survive. Uh, and, and, and you're not surviving against the strongest of the strong. Like when you're a kid, like let's say you're 12 years old, you know, 12 years old is when I started losing friends. 12 years old is when uh, I really understood what was going on around me as far as like uh, friends passing away, people doing drugs, the, the gang members on the corner, you know what I mean? Like mm. that's when it really hit me like, oh, okay, this is a society that I got to, figure out how to maneuver through. Who am I gonna be? What am I gonna be? And how am I gonna get out of this safe? You know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and at that age, you create a character to protect yourself from the weakest people in those environments because those are the ones that are gonna pick on the younger person, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not even like you're going up against strong individuals. So you end up putting on this mask that's a little bit more tough than you wanna be or a little bit more gangster than you wanna be. But it's because when you uh, every few weeks when somebody's either being shot or somebody's being robbed or somebody's being jumped, whatever the case may be, uh, how do you survive if that's your normality? You mm -hmm. can't be afraid of outside world. Like I still got to go to parties and be social. I still got to go to school. <laughs> you know what I mean? I still got to <laughs> walk up and down my street. So like I can't social distance myself in regular reality. You know, yeah, yeah. so it's like uh you don't really get a safe haven you 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 grow up in a space of it's not fear because you can't fear the world it's a space mm. of survival um i mean like i've buried multiple friends before graduating high school i buried one of my best friends in high school uh buried my other best friend's son right before i moved to la um and ever since moving to la i've i've, I've missed funerals i just missed one while i was on tour um uh, i was uh, i was a uh, we had a show in Sacramento and my boy Tone, um, my boy Tone got into some issues right before that, right? Mm -hmm. And he was able to make it out to that show. It was the first time he came to watch me dance. And I've known Tone since I was like 15 um, and mm -hmm. I'm now 30. And two, three, maybe four weeks later, uh, he didn't wake up. You know what I mean? Um, no real answer to how he died. He just didn't wake up. You know, so like the last time I got to see him was the first time he got to watch me live. And I didn't realize that it was going to be the last time I got to see him. But you end up going through survival's guilt. You're like, you're out. In, I was in Tel Aviv when I got the phone call that he passed away. So I'm out in Tel Aviv trying to live. How I'm supposed to live when I just found out my boy just died, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so like, you know, I've just gone through a lot of tragedy. My, my, my father wasn't in my life as a child just due to um, 
society society circumstances you know like i'm mm -hmm. not gonna blame my father for his addiction he was addicted to drugs i'm not gonna blame him for his addiction he went to vietnam war he had a, a whole different type of upbringing we got to remember he grew up in a time where being like when he was born blacks and whites couldn't get married yeah. we fast forward <laughs> and he has a mixed child you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, so he grew up in a different time he was he he had to face different adversities and that took a toll on him and uh when you're being taught by that and when that's what you see as everybody's dad is a superhero so my superhero yeah. was the dope thing you know what i mean mm. but nonetheless that's my father so i'm not gonna yeah. love him less you know um yeah so you grow up in the in this society that kind of beats you up toughens you hardens you and then moving to la i had never been in a different kind of society and the dance world and in it's my such opinion, a different so it's one extreme to the other from where yeah. you where you've grown into i mean i don't want to say la because there's parts of la which are similar to the bay but i mean you know let's be real we're not in we're in north hollywood like yeah. <laughs> it's just a bunch we're of, dancers, of actors. yeah no it's dancers actors and singers trying to print off some headshots like right. <laughs> you know what i mean complaining about they ran out of sangria and they lost the uno game you know what i yeah. mean like oh my yeah. went bad you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> and you're like cool deal with some real shit. yeah and you know um at the time, when I first moved to LA, I didn't know uh, that, I didn't know that my way of being was rubbing people wrong. Mm -hmm. I was just being me. And if you wasn't rocking with me, I didn't know you prior to me moving here. So F it, you know? Cause I think we, I think we went to LA around the same time, right? Like mm -hmm. 13, yeah. like 2013. And I remember you, you didn't have a chip on your shoulder, but you were cold. Like yeah. you're, you're quite, you're, you were very cold with people. And if you didn't have that, uh, you didn't break that boundary in that friendship thing. It was like, no, I'm in, I'm here and you're there and that's where we live. Do you yes. know what I mean? Do you, is that because of how you survived at home through all the gangbangers and, you know what I mean, avoiding all the trouble and shit like that? I guess you could say that, but also like at home, you can be cold and be friends. In yeah. LA, Whereas you LA. <laughs> yeah you know you gotta you gotta you like i don't know like i i stopped having birthdays at the age of like 12 13 you know mm. um not be not because oh i'm against birthdays but just uh you know we we ain't like as a kid people bring their 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 children to have a birthday party at a scandia or like a miniature golf whatever the case may be when you start getting to your to your teenage years like what do you do you know, like we don't got the money to provide a birthday party for 15 of my friends to come and turn up. Nah, we, hell no, you know? Okay. Um, and birthdays never really meant a lot to me. So when I get to LA and people are upset at me for not showing up for their birthday, well, you're not even asking me if I celebrate that. So you don't care yeah. enough about me. So why should I care enough about you? You know, yeah, that's how I sure. looked at life. Um, not realizing that I got to be the bigger person. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So really it was it just like, I felt like people didn't care about how I got down and how my life was. So if you're not gonna care about how my life is, why should I change to accommodate yours to make you feel better in a friendship I might not wanna be in, you know? Yeah, um, and, and, and LA, when I first went there, like, uh, and I'm sure you can agree, I feel like in my first two months, I had more friends than I did by the time I left. Yeah. But they weren't my friends, they were, they were just people which like, you know, my first six months there, I met so many people, they're like, yo, what's up, let's hang out, and it's like, I don't even know everyone's name that I've met like in the first week. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. every every person to me was the person I met the day before. I'd be introducing myself to people I met the week before, and then fast forward seven months later, when you're when I'm not 
giving everyone the love they need or I'm not going to their party or I'm not taking a dance class or I'm not going up. I don't know. I'm not hanging out with them at federal. I'm not relevant then. And I, lo- I lose all, I lose all them connections. I lose all them Fact. friendships, you know, and I, like I'm fortunate because I stayed with like a solid five friends for three years. So I'm blessed. And you're one of them, like one of those people that you can rely on no matter what. Like no I stayed, you know, I had you, Ricky, Michael, Sagiv, and another guy who's not a dancer, you know, and it's all from different cliques. And, you know, it's not even dance related necessarily is why we're all friends, but just people that I can, I can fuck with. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's like these, these are real, these, they want, they want to know me. And I found LA quite hard for that. So I guess you going from a place where everything's quite hard, you know what I mean? You've got to grow up real quick in the Bay. Like, you know, you look, you're losing people at the age of 12, 13, like you've got to grow up fast. And it's funny because when I was in LA, everyone who I was around the same age as me, I was like, why am I around children? That's, you that's, know what I mean? So I, I guess for you, it's like you're coming in at, what were you, you 23 when you moved to LA? Yeah, 22, 23, yes. yeah. Yeah, same. So, yeah, because I'm almost 32 at the same age. So you rock there then, and you're meeting other people who are theoretically your age, and you're like, yo, we're going to vibe. And then you're like, you're a child. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but then you're, in, you're, the same token, in the same token, I got around some of the OGs in the dance world. And unfortunately, um, like I never fell in love with the culture of dance. You know, mm. like that's one misconception about me, my dance career, who I am as a dancer. I've never fallen in love with the culture of dance as far as like, I didn't grow up watching Michael Jackson. I didn't grow up watching uh, uh, Janet and Paula Abdul. And I didn't grow up watching none of that. Like dance mm. was something that like, can I cuss on you? Yeah, bro. I just okay. was full time. Uh, 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 dance <laughs> is, is something, uh, I mean, it's for your podcast, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, dance is something where I'm from. It was like a bunch of hood niggas that get together and instead of fighting, they make a circle and you battle it out. And it's like love at the end, like, okay, cool. We don't got to go back and forth. We can just go back and forth. So moving to LA, um, it was a, it, a, people love the culture of dance. So I, my, da- my friends in the, in the Bay Area don't dance at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. none of them dance. I was the only one that dances. They party and turn up and have fun, but they don't, you know, get down. So mm. to try to adjust my life to now being around people who they are in love with a culture that I am not familiar with, nor do, unfortunately, that I care about. You know what I mean? Like, I'll learn what I need to learn so I can work. But dance wasn't really my dream. It was my ticket out of an environment that I was tired of surviving. Yeah, you know, Um, and I when I got around the OGs, they were still addicted to um, discussing how much my generation was trash. So I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. rock with like, I can't be y'all friend because you keep telling me how much we suck. But then the other ones that are younger than me or my same age, they're so wide eyed bushy tailed that they're like, YouTube and everything matters. And oh, my God, people's opinion. and it just put me in a real uncomfortable place uh, yeah. that made me feel extremely lonely. But I mean, lonely makes the builds your character. You know what I mean? For, For damn sure. sure. You fucking Espe- learn who well, you are. Especially in this industry. <laughs> like, yeah. Lonely, lonely, if you can deal with being lonely and tough times, you're gonna do okay. <laughs> like, Facts. You know what I mean? Even if you're not the most talented, you can deal with all the shit, you'll, you'll surpass you'll right. the- Exactly. You'll survive. Uh, so how did you start dancing? If um, like you know, I, I'm sure you didn't go to a fucking dance school and like nah, do nah, ballet bro, and shit. Bro. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like, so, you know like I, so like when I was in when I was in middle school, there was a rapper at the time that was really really big named Mac Dre. 
and he had a song called the Thiz Dance, right? Thiz Dance, uh-uh, you know? Uh, and it was just it was just a party dance that everybody did. It wasn't like a style. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was just yeah. a party dance everybody did. So I fell into that, and then from there, I started rocking with these two dudes named uh, Terrence Robinson and Robert Rosebud, and both of them danced, yeah? And we freestyled, but we wasn't like, on YouTube looking stuff up and like, let's fucking learn how to pop and lock and let's learn how to stroll. Nah, we was just like, yo, we stunt, we finna have a good time. It was a party thing. It was like, you, where I'm Social. from, you either sell drugs, do sports, rap, or find a fucking talent, or you are uh, what we would call as a nerd. And when we say yeah. a nerd, that just means like, that's the buddy that get beat up. And I wasn't gonna mm. be one of them. You know what I mean? But I also wasn't finna sell drugs. I wasn't finna gang bang. I tried basketball, didn't make the team. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, You're too short, bro. You're too short. <laughs> I tried it all, but yeah. you know, like, it was like dance is where it's at. And the females liked it. So I was like, well, cool, let's rock. You know? The the, right. the the hood N-words would leave me alone because that's little bro that be dancing, you know? Yeah. And then the girls cool was like, to them. oh, he dances. So it's cool. Yeah. So it really yeah. started that way. And I didn't take it serious until uh, like right after high school, the 11th grade, uh, I had a best friend named Anthony. And uh, Anthony, I went to a party one night and it was three of us that used to rock, me, Anthony, and Rick. Rick was on uh, punishment for his grades or some shit like that. Um, I was at a dance performance uh, because I had started working at a studio and me and the studio owner um, had put together a little duet for their, their showcase. You know what I mean? I uh -huh. came in, I would teach freestyle and stuff like that. Um, I was at that show. Anthony went to the party by himself. Normally when we go to parties, we have like an accountability where like, we just make sure we going in together and we coming out together. Cause every party you go to it, one of two things happen. Either the police show up to shut it down or somebody mm -hmm. starts fighting. So there's gunshots, you know, um, at this particular party, somebody started shooting outside the bullet passed everybody. Anthony was in the garage It hit him in the back of the head and he died that night, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and I just really looked at that as like, all right, so I'm supposed to use this dance thing to like do something. So I was mm -hmm. like, all right, so I'm a rock. Like, let me figure this out, you know? So right after, uh, right after high school, uh, I went to three days of college and I only had dance courses. And I was like, I'm not gonna take basic ballet and be at school all day. So I was like, let me get out of school. I went and got a job, saved money, moved or went to LA, auditioned for Block. Um, and they liked me, didn't take me because I didn't live in LA. But I was like, yo, if they like me and that's supposed to be the agency, I'm out of here. Gave myself six more months um, and didn't move it, you know what I mean? And I was at 22 is when that happened. I just was like, let's go. Packed everything in my car and ran. So really it was uh, just circumstance pushed me into dance, you know? Yeah, well, you went through something, I guess, that, you know, traumatizing. You know, being there when your best, when your homie gets fucking killed. Like, I wasn't there, you know? I was at a dance performance. So oh, you're I, a dance I mean, performance. I wish I would have been there, you know what I mean? Now, yeah. I, you know? But I guess that's the projection. So you faced all this real life shit. You know what I mean? And you're going, all right, I need to use this for me. How was it transitioning from the Bay to LA? Um, like, what's that move honest, like? Because I, I know that you didn't just move and get a fucking apartment and shit. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, not at all. I lived in my car for like a year. You know what I mean? A year, year and a half, I lived in my car. Um, I mean, the first five months was the hardest struggle, you know? Mm -hmm. um, luckily... Uh, you know, the universe, God, energy was on my side, and I booked the job five months in. Um, and it just so happened that I was working at a bar mitzvah company doing, you know, the bar mitzvahs on the weekend, making a little $150 on a Saturday, and that's what yeah. you do. 
You know what I mean? Walk the around some food. Come on, kids. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Oh, so I was that me. guy. I'm coming from this hood ass environment where, you know, people are getting shot and selling drugs. And now I'm in LA and in the Palisades teaching 13 year olds that don't got no issues in the world talking about jump, kids. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's and they, huge they go difference. in. And they're going, I'm investing in Uber. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's a huge difference. But uh, Fresh Redding was working at that with me. And we just got along. And he got the phone call to do Will I Am's music video as a choreographer from Dubs and Fatima. Um, and they were only looking for black people. They were like, we want black people. So I almost didn't make the cut. Fatima was like, you're a little yellow. You know? <laughs> story, story of my life, bro. Story of my life. You, you know me. You know. So she was like, you're a little yellow. I don't know. You know what I mean? We want black. And, um. Luckily, uh, there was another dude named Reggie and he didn't accept the job. So luckily I just kind of like fell into place, got that job and that's when I knew it was on. And it was like, okay, I can make something of this. I was still homeless for the next like I took that check and I put it into a gym membership for the year. That way I would have a place to shower. And I was still sleeping in my car, uh, just finding different places. Uh, I just figured if I'm in the gym every single day and I have a place to shower every single night, then I'm gonna be okay. You know what I mean? Uh, I was eating jack-in-the-box tacos three times a day, you know, then two tacos for a dollar. Let's rock. <laughs> you know? Cheap and cheerful. Cheap you know? and cheerful. Um, and it took about a year and a half for me to find a place. And then I found a place. And, uh, you know, I, I went through a bunch of ups and downs after that. But I had already been poor my whole life. So it was like, what's being poor right now? You know what I mean? But you, I guess you were poor as in wealth, money. Yeah, you know what I mean? But you, you, Yeah, but you weren't poor within experience knowledge you know understanding life knowing yeah. how to navigate yourself knowing how to be in different environments you know what i mean like mm -hmm. money doesn't uh, that's wealth in our western world correct you know what i'm saying but go with somewhere where money don't mean shit that's nothing like that's exactly. not wealth like exactly. and people I, are there you know want you, connection and want human interaction and energy and 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 what do you have to offer what do you bring to the table when it comes to wisdom spiritually um connectivity what do you bring to the table because money only gets you in the door yeah for sure but you can't stay um, in the house if you're not a, a human yeah fucking hey so when yo it must have been so hot sleeping in your car in la you um, must have been cooking you know i would crack that window <laughs> i would crack that window and um what i would do is it was right off of oxnard there was this house that had these big ass trees so it was always shady in the morning so I just park right under that tree, you know what I mean? Crack those yeah. windows. And every morning there was the same, the same little couple would walk past my, my car and them talking is what would wake me up. Um, but yeah. you know, dance studios didn't wake up or didn't start moving till what, 12? You know what I mean? 12, one, two, you know? Um, and the cool so, stuff started at four? <laughs> like exactly. So I'm just awake at like 7.30 a.m. with nowhere to go, nowhere to be, and no couch to sit on, just my car. So uh, you just, you end up spending a lot of time just like, really understanding that like you got to do it yeah it's up to you i get yeah i guess you, you're at rock bottom theoretic in 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 the social elements of how we see society and how we see life and climbing up the ladder you are rock bottom if you're living in your car like the next Correct. step is living on the, on the curb you know exactly. what i'm saying like so i guess you're like i ain't settling here i'm fucking climbing I got and i guess exactly and i i imagine you were with 24-hour fitness yeah yeah, like blessing the curse, shower whenever you want, go in whenever well, you need to. Actually, I didn't in. do twenty-four hour fitness. I didn't want. I didn't want an excuse to be up in the in in, in the middle of the night. I was like, nah, uh, you gotta sleep and you gotta get your sleep and you got. So I got Gold's Gym because it closes at a certain time. So I nice. had to create a schedule. 
I had to have a schedule to be able to shower in the morning and to be able to shower at night. That way I could get there before it closes. And I had, it, it structured me. It gave me structure mm. when I had no structure. So I did gold ah. gym so I could create structure for self. You know what I mean? That's smart. That's smart. I feel you. So then once you got that job from Fresh with Fatima and Dubs, so you did the video and then you did Will's tour, right? Yes. And how did that, did that just bounce straight off the video? Yeah, so we did, the, we did the music video and then I thought it was going to be a one and done, you know, do the music video and we back in these streets trying to get it. Um, mm -hmm. But I'll take my $500 and I'm out. One offs were, you know what I mean? And then one off started to happen um, and we did Wango Tango and a few other things. And I was like, okay, so we finna rock. So this is mm -hmm. a thing, you know, and then we went on tour. So that whole next year, uh, I was kind of moving with, with Will's camp and tour rehearsal started on my birthday, you know? So it was like, um, clearly I'm in the right place. Cause on my birthday, I was 22 when I got there. I was 23 when tour rehearsal started. So Sick. 23, I gave myself to the age of 25. And I said, if I don't make it in dance by 25, I'm going to move back home and do SWAT. That way I can kick motherfuckers' mm -hmm. doors in and go crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, luckily, I didn't have to go do SWAT. I was able to yeah, you know, yeah. just get in there and run. So yeah, I just it, 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 it snowballed right into tour. And then we just kept on moving. Um, and I was able to tour the world. And, and, and luckily uh, for myself, Culturally, it was really, really good to go around the world with a group of uh, black and brown men mm -hmm. just because I had never seen black wealth. I had only yeah. seen wealth. I'd never seen black wealth. So to be in a space with like a Will I Am who is incredibly knowledgeable and technically a nerd, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. Gadgets, you know? Yeah. To see that and, and to have him sit down and kind of just, just sprinkle game on us and like, hey, like, always do more, always do better, always think bigger and beyond, you know? It was a real blessing to have my career start that way because very soon after that, I was just all in pop, you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't really do the and I, rounds and the ushers. I just did pop. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like, he was the nerd and that's the person you didn't want to be before and then you're seeing him and he's the one who's giving you guidance and you're like, yo, like, yeah, and I guess when you were younger, seeing the the hard thug gangbangers and stuff, you're like, okay, they're the ones that are going to survive. They're the ones yep. that are going to be safe. Them the ones safe. that got the money, them the ones that got the nice car, exactly. Yeah, and then you go around the nerd, Will I Am, and you're like, yo, he's touring the world. Like, <laughs> he's taking exactly. me with him. Like, yep. mind blown. Mind blown. With that, so like, it really just opened up my mind to the fact that, like, yo, you can, you can, um, you can start peeling off layers. Mm. Yeah, you I know? feel you. Um, it took a long time, but yeah. I, how, how, how surreal was that moment going from like, you know, you've been living in your car and then you're staying in five star hotels, traveling the world with Will I Am. Like, was that hard to adjust to? I don't think I adjusted till it was over. How come? Um, I was so dead set because I got the taste. It put a taste in my mouth and it was like, oh, okay, so I can do this, you know? But I had to prove to myself, because I, I remember questioning myself on tour, like, what if Will I Am is the only artist I ever work with? Mm. What if I what come if this is is the it? only thing that I ever do? Because at the end of the day, remember, they wanted black people. So like, not a lot of jobs are like, we want black people. You know, it's not, it, 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 there's a lot of jobs now, but at that time mm. it wasn't, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, what if Will is the only person I dance for? What if I'm not good enough? Technically, we not hitting them steps, we doing very minimalistic robotic mm. movement. Um, and that's not popular, 
you know? Yeah. So I remember just being in this, this, this mind frame of like, all right, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. And I don't think it wasn't until like two or three years later that I really sat down and was like, damn, bro, like you're not in your car no more. And um, you're traveling the world and you're staying in the, the, the most exotic hotels around the world. And, and, and you're eating food that you, I never thought I had a day where I, or what, what, what J. Cole say? I never thought I'd see the day I'm drinking almond milk. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, quinoa, what? Green juice, I'm what? I'm shopping in Whole Foods, man. Like, uh, <laughs> like, I'm doing hot yoga? Come on. <laughs> and it's not you in know? my car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I that adjustment, you. like, when I sat down and realized it, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But it took me so long to accept that I was no longer the man I used to be, um, which was the hardest part. Because when you have depression, people don't see it you just feel it yeah. you know what i mean so uh going through that period in my life i'm able to be out and around you know and um you know if i get aggressive with somebody they automatically go to he had a hard childhood he had a rough childhood he has anger issues and it's like nah i just get down different i don't think that my childhood was hard or rough because everybody around me went through the same thing i just feel like i'm now around a bunch of people that don't understand me so when i yeah. have an outburst or i had when i lash out people are at me, which then makes me go deeper inside my shell and deeper into my my uh, my hermit shell where I'm like, I just want to be away. And that creates mm -hmm. depression. You know what I mean? Um, but luckily, I ran into people like you and I ran into people like Noah. And me and Coolion did that Will I Am job together. Um, and we bumped heads, but it's only because we were so much the same, you know? Um, so luckily, yeah. I had certain people I was able to lean on. And I was able to, you know, like, okay, this is my my person. This is my person. And I was able to mm -hmm. grab hold of them whenever I was really down and out without needing to be like, what was me? Help. I could just go mm -hmm. get some energy and be like, thank you for being a real person. You know? Yeah, I feel you. Well, so once you finish Will I Am, what's, what's the journey from there? Uh, like, man. Like, because you were worried about it just finishing dead and stop. And obviously, you were just doing like the popping and the tutting on Will. It wasn't like hitting those Chris Brown and them JLo steps. Like, what was, what was the goal from there? Um, the goal was to get in where I fit in. You know what I mean? Like it, I didn't care. You know what I mean? I grew up with a gay brother. So it was like that, 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 that ambiguous line of like mm. pop music is very ambiguous sexually. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, Hey, take your shirt off, put this dog collar on. We're going to put baby oil on you. And I need you to body live. roll. You I know what I mean? <laughs> I, I because I had a gay brother, I wasn't too gangster to do so. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I think because I did have a more aggressive attitude about me, I carved a space for myself in the pop world that wasn't being filled. There's not a lot of hard, aggressive ones that are also able to kick back, be soft, throw the choker on, and be hot, you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I just got in where I fed in, and I, you know, I did Iggy Azalea. Um, I ended up doing uh, Nicole Scherzinger for a while, thanks to Kenya Clay and Jaquel. Um, yeah, that, and that was another fun. one that was amazing. So um, I think that, that that pop world started to open up. And when I did mm -hmm. Nicole Scherzinger, that's when uh, what I like to call the lead male role started to open up. It was me, Santron, and you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's when I started to see, like, oh, okay, you can be hot for a woman artist. Santron would be next to her. You would be next to her. I would be next to her. And our job was to support her as a man. Mm -hmm. It wasn't... Yeah. Um, it wasn't it wasn't her disrespecting us, pushing our face into the ground, kicking us. It was come be hot with me. 
And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, so now I understand I can be a man in this. Um, mm -hmm. And I was around other men, you, Santron, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was a, <laughs> yeah, it was a great, it was a great experience to, mm -hmm. um, to have with other men and That's... be with an artist that allowed us to be men. Mm. What's really interesting is, and I say this to a lot of students and stuff I teach, and I say it a lot on the podcast, is like, find your niche. And once you find your niche, like, roll with it. At the beginning, be open to everything until you find what it is. Like, and what you just said, like, it hit the nail on the head of why, not why you've been so successful, but definitely one of the, the attributes, because all your, your career since then has all kind of lines up. Like, you fell into that pop artist world, mm -hmm. but, you know, you're not like a Willie Gomez or like Correct. a Jay Foos or Correct. like a Sohei. Do you know Correct. what I'm saying? Like, like you're, the, you, you're the Chris Brown version, dancer version, but you're willing to slot into that world. You're that, the thug guy. So I guess in the, in the pop world, you're, you're considered as the hot thug, the bad boy. Everyone likes a bad yeah. boy. Yeah. And you know, that was your thing. You got a big tattoo on your back. You know what I'm saying? Like shaved mm -hmm. head. Big beard. Uh, head. Yeah, know? big beard. Yeah. Like you, you're that bear. <laughs> 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 you're that burly bear that they you love know, in West Hollywood. Not, man? You know? They love you in WeHo. Yeah. So you fit in that slot so well. And it makes sense because, like you said, the majority of your gigs since then is being female artists consistently. And you found that role. And it's interesting because I never. I never stuck with my niche that I knew that worked because it never satisfied me. Like, yeah. I knew if I'd stayed skinny and had no tattoos, I could have done Disney for the next. 10 years, do you know what I'm saying? I'm pale and ginger, like I'm but made to be a geek. you wasn't trying to be skinny, you wanted to be... No, I wa well, I wanted to be the, the, I always say I wanted to be the white ginger Brian Tanaka. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I just, unfortunately for me, that, that, you know, having a pasty ginger guy next to J-Lo doesn't fit the brand. It yeah. doesn't fit the, it doesn't fit the image. So I was fighting a, yeah, I wasn't fighting a losing battle, but to change that stereotype is really hard. You know what I'm saying? So some Which of those a lot stereotypes. Of don't understand, you know, like uh, uh, when it comes to this industry, um, it's not racist. It's just everything has to do with what sex you are and what color you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's just we it's have just to that. Deal with it and be okay with that. So mm. if there's not two pasty white gingers to be opposites, you can't have one. And if you do, yeah. then you are lucky to be in a camp where people will accept you for you. Yeah, and, and it's hard, isn't it, to fit that mold? It'd be like you, I guess, going trying to get on a Disney show and be like, I'm Matt Day from the Bay, and I'm clean cut, and I'm happy. Like you, I'm yeah, I did hide my tattoos and shave like, my beard. Do this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And even for me, like, I could do it, but it, would, it never satisfied me. It always just felt like a paycheck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, like, you always say, I'm your ginger N-word. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, yeah. fit in that, I don't fit in that bracket. I throw down and I dance like... You know, I want to be a, a thug. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you, you want to get down. You, you I want to get down. Friendly. You know what I mean? You, you, you aggressive. You like to work out. You like to train. You like to be aggressive. Uh, if if it comes down to trying flips or trying floor work, you for it. You let's go. You're not you're not really afraid of of uh, challenge. You're not really yes. afraid of adversity. And on top of that, you're not you're not trying to be. I don't know. I feel like. Um, it, it would have been really, really easy for you to just fall into what they want. Oh, for sure. But because you go against the grain, you have a, a better knowledge of adversity. You have a better knowledge of what disadvantaged people are up against. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because you chose a disadvantaged route, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I chose the hard way, for sure. Like, for sure. <laughs> I, I'm aware. 
I'm aware of that. But that, <laughs> trust me, my, my bank account tells me the same story. <laughs> you know, those those one-offs, I made a living off them one-offs. Yeah, and then they the go, one-offs were amazing. Yeah, and then they go, that white ginger guy, the one-off just doesn't fit in. I'm like, but I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, hey, if that I, check clears it, and I'm on the stage, let's go. Ching, ching. <laughs> um, yeah, man, but like, I feel like you are very smart with that. You know what I mean? And once you found that format of where you fit, and I feel like lots of dancers don't look at themselves in that way and they don't try and figure shit out that way. Yeah. They just I mean, go, I want to do every job. We're selling Yeah, they just, they go, I want to do every job. And it's like, well, you can, but you're not going to thrive on every job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how many, how many dancers, like, especially in LA, it's kind of the same in the UK, but it's not as big. I feel like dancers in the LA jump we don't have camps so to say and we we're allowed as many agents as we want it's fucking weird i know and then in the uk in the states you're stuck to like if you're with block you're with block if you're with uh whoever you're with whoever do you know what i'm saying like that's who you're with if you're with clear you're with clear that's that's how it goes and it's like someone just said i wish i had a beard like that i know that's you're not RJ. About mine, so, RJ, so. <laughs> I to cut you off. rj when i first got into my first place of living rj uh was my roommate uh, me, him, and his mother lived in this little house. Um, and we were all, you know, broke, poor, didn't have no money. Um, we all ended up going homeless together again, sleeping in cars and, and hotels together and stuff. But now RJ is a uh, IMDB actor, you know? Get so it. Go, That's why know, he's, uh, I can see his little tick. I can see his little tick. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. on White Boy Rick, he was the Blue Ranger in the Power Ranger movie. And he has a slew of other... Uh, TV shows, Black Lightning, TV shows and movies that he's done on oh, Netflix, sick. all kind of things. So like to watch that young man's journey has been amazing as well, just to know that we started in that same place and we, and we watched each other rock, you know? Yo, RJ, I'm gonna hit you up after this and you can come on the podcast, one love. Blue what? Ranger, I'm a Power Ranger fan. Um, yeah, so like in, in the States, you can have like your one agent, but then you kind of fall in a camp, right? Like how many dancers out there do you see jump camps and be in like uh, the Brian Freeman camp the Marty camp, the Fatima camp. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not many dancers which jump camps, and I feel like everyone finds their camp and their niche or and their Nathan's camp, and then they run with it. And, you know, that's kind of how they make a career and a living off, hopefully, the camp that they fall in being successful. Yeah. Do you know what I'm I saying? Mean, that's the thing. Like, people fall into a comfort zone, fall into a relationship with that comfort zone, and then they ride it until the wheels fall off. Um, hmm. I didn't. No, I, that, that's I what was I was going to bring up. I was like, where to check at? Yeah. And that, well, that's what at? I was going to say. You don't, you, you never fell into a camp. Like you've Jaquel, Nappy Tabs. Do you know what I mean? Like it's always a different, a different camp. It's just always with the female eyes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Cause you check, you check that box. Yeah, for sure. I didn't fall into a camp until, um, I would say JLo, you know, like I did like Nappy Tabs creative directed, uh, Mariah Carey when I did it. Um, but I still didn't feel like I was in their camp. I feel like I did a job with them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then when JLo had her audition, um, I booked that. And I remember day two, Napoleon walking past me, hitting me on my ass like, bro, pull up. We fighting for you, but I need you to pull up. And that's when I felt like, oh, okay, I got somebody that believe in me. So I got to pull up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so having that, that's when I felt like I fell into a camp because I remember yeah. that moment. And that was coach, you know what I mean? I had not felt coach in dance you know what mm -hmm. i mean like I, I i grew up playing sports so i understand coach like hey you suck right now get up and go and do it better when he did yeah. that i was like all right coach 
you know um and it kind of just yeah. you know yeah uh, well that's what i was gonna say like when i was here before i went to la oh, well even now here i had one and i guess i did in la just wasn't in la i kind of had like a a mentor figure like a big brother that if i ever was like yo what the fuck do i do now like i've got this decision to make or i've got something i'd always have a go-to and you ha you didn't have that shit right Nah, i mean I, so i actually had a conversation with um you remember deja riley yes so i had a conversation with deja riley yesterday and we were talking about mentorship um and like for me i never had no daddy like my daddy like i had a dad he was around mm -hmm. but he was in and out of jail and on and off drugs um so like for me coming into a situation when people were talking about mentors and things like that it's like yo i never had no male tell me what to do and i'm not mm. gonna start now uh in yeah. hindsight i look back and that was ignorant you know that was very ignorant of me because i could have had guidance and i never received mm. guidance so i had to fall on my face time and time again until it was like oh shit i'm falling on my face because i'm tripping over my feet you know yeah um and i just never had that I, I at the age of 30 i'm still like yo i would love a mentor in when it comes to life business being a man all kinds of things i have questions and i would like to ask people who are actually educated not ask people who are damn near in the same position as me you know um yeah. <laughs> and i don't believe yeah. <laughs> i don't believe mentorship is so much a business relationship it's more of a personal relationship that turns business you know yeah um, so i mean even well that's mine age, even at this age, I'm like, what does mentorship look like for a young black, brown male? What does it look mm -hmm. like? Who do I reach out to? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? You know, um, and that's a journey I'm on right now in my life, uh, which is amazing. It's an amazing journey. And I like to be transparent about it because I want young men, uh, whether they be white, black, brown, blue, purple, it don't matter. Uh, I would like them to know the first rule of engagement when it comes to life ask for help you know yeah hell yeah that that's that's dope <laughs> yeah ask for help fuck yeah and don't be don't be too proud yeah because that proud shit gets you in a grave early <laughs> <laughs> and we know about that yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying we know about Thanks. that shit um so you said when you j-lo feels like your first camp what's what's that experience like because obviously you've danced with loads of huge artists and you you know you've been to all these incredible places but to find that feeling where you're like yo this is like my homeostasis do you know what I mean this is my this is where i balance this is my level playing field this is where i live what's yeah. that feel like um you know there was a there was a point in time where it felt really 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 dope like yo we running we doing our thing you know um and then i hit a streak of depression because what i did was i booked a three-year contract that was in one place you know yeah we had one-offs but living that residency lifestyle because i had just did a residency with mariah carey so i had already had six months in of residency life and then i in Vegas. another three-year situation which is great because i know i got the money coming for three years but when you live in a casino um because they put you up in the casino you literally every time you walk out of your bedroom all you hear is unta unta music. Every time you go downstairs, you see women half naked um, on boxes dancing, and it's alcohol and people. It's a party Gambling. all day, every day. That yeah. mentally messes with you. Um, and I, I fell into in, in in about a year and a half into the residency, I started to fall into a real, I don't want to say depression, just a very dark place where I was mm. drinking heavy. I was upset at a lot of things in life, and I didn't know how to sift through it. Um, and 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 
the people in the camp are amazing. Mm -hmm. We're all there for work. You can't expect people in the camp to cater to your personal needs. Mm -hmm. You have to figure that out. I didn't know that. Yeah, and in Vegas, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know like, that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know yeah. that I couldn't lean on, on the other people around me for everything. I can lean on them for most things, but not everything, you know? So um, it actually was one of the greatest. Jennifer Lopez, that block of my life has been one of the greatest mental experiences of my life. Because mm -hmm. for the first time, I got to go... She, I mean, she's, she's worth, what, $500 million? So imagine the company she keeps. She's not a spring, mm. she's not, she's not, she's not 22 anymore. You know what I mean? Mm. So she's around adult, grown, mature, uh, mm. wise, rich, wealthy, um, prominent, uh, influential individuals who don't have to be anybody but themselves. Mm -hmm. So I got to see wealthy people live wealthy and it changed my perspective on myself changed my perspective on what masculinity means changed my perspective mm -hmm. on um financial status just changed my perspective on so many things so falling mm -hmm. into a camp the one thing that is amazing is they watch your growth so when you do have periods of growth you might not see it they do and then they're able to say yo bro like you're doing really well or you're 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 you've grown in this area or you've grown in that area or you still slipping here. So the accountability of having a camp is amazing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That part yeah. is, is wonderful. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very thankful for the Tabitha and Napoleons and the Jimmy Ross and Tara, mm -hmm. Natalie. I'm very thankful for the Natalie. I've worked with more than anybody else in my career. Anyone, for you sure. Know? So she's really seen the evolution of Matt Day um, mm. from the beginning all the way to now. So yeah. Shout uh, out to it's, Nat it's been amazing. Shout out to Nat. Pregnant, yeah. crazy. She's pregnant. You know what I mean? That's why. Yeah. About to have a she's little a, one. She's gonna be a real woman. Yeah. She grows. <laughs> um, you said that uh, during that time you got to figure out what or you got to see what real masculinity was. What? How do you mean? What did you um, think it was compared to what it really is? There's just so many. I, I think that we're in a day and age right now where like toxic masculinity is discussed so mm. much more often than masculinity oh yeah so we all know how to be toxic because in the media they talk about it every mm -hmm. human being wants to talk about how negative um the negative men in the world are you know um there's so mm -hmm. much more people talking about the negative men in the world than they are talking about the positive men in the world so mm -hmm. um sitting down in a group of women and, mm -hmm. and, and, and gay males. There's the majority are gay, and then it's a group of women. And they're women, they're not little girls. They're not 19, yeah. these are grown women, you know what I mean? Um, to hear what their issues were, to hear how they feel about certain things, to hear what they check me on. Um, mm. It allowed me to look at masculinity through a different lens, a more feminine lens, so I can mm. start making choices that don't offend women as much. That yeah. don't mean I'm a perfect male. That don't mean that I'm not going to still fall victim to being a man. I am. Mm -hmm. But it allowed me to look at women's rights in a different way. And I think that that opened up real masculinity. Because once you can be okay with yourself, being okay with what they would like to receive, how they would like to receive it, and your part in being somebody that pushes that forward, 
I feel like that's mm -hmm. when you start to step into manhood, you know? Because um, mm -hmm. if you don't stand with them, you're standing against them. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like a lot of our, I guess, culture that we're brought up in as well is negative towards women, you know? Like the things that we call them, but like, you know, it, it always blew, blew my mind when Chris Brown's These Hoes and Lola come out. I mean, there's a tune and we all get crunk to it. But if I went up to a girl and be like, yo, you're a hoe, she'd go crazy. But then when it's on in the club, they're like, yeah. Ooh, and, turn you up, know, turn up. Yeah. And I feel like I was like, I I'm so confused. I mean, I know I'm not going to call you a hoe, but I don't understand why you're now cheering for this. But then you're mad when I don't, don't open the door. But then you're mad when I do open the door. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, like that, that, that also, that also, you know, there's a lot of, in my opinion, and this is, uh, this is my perspective on it, you know? Like, I dated a girl who was a feminist, self-proclaimed. Um, mm -hmm. And I've always had an issue with feminism. Um, mm -hmm. Because it, 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 the people that scream the loudest seem to be anti-male. Yeah, for sure. The people that don't scream at all, I feel like they're the true feminists. They're mm -hmm. the ones that are, like, actually here working with men to make a better playing field for all, you know? Yeah. Um, women and men and understanding. But when you're just screaming about hate, I can't receive that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to receive the hate you have towards me, you know? And I think that a lot of the, the open the door for me, but don't open the door for me is the power struggle within self of them trying to figure out where they feel what, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I've chosen to let that just be how each individual feels, you know? Because yeah. um, I can't run around worried about how I, everyone's feeling <laughs> i can't worry about it like if i open the door for you amazing but wouldn't it be greater if you reached to open the door and i stopped you and then opened it wouldn't that feel better or are you yeah. just gonna automatically expect me to open the door for you because i am the man you know mm -hmm. if you reach for the trash and i say nah babe let me grab that don't that mm -hmm. feel better then yeah. you're not gonna take the trash out like damn you yeah. gave me a chance <laughs> to be the man before you told me i'm not shit you know <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm engaged, bro. I know. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> know. you already know I, how that goes. I, I know. I, I just make sure I always I do my best to, to get there before she can. I, I see her think it, and then I try and act like, before ah. she says it. I'm like, yeah. I can see her brain look at the trash, and I'm like, run, grab mm -hmm. it. Hey, babe, I got mm -hmm. this. Win. <laughs> I mean, you got to get ahead of it. Yeah. Um, Congratulations so, on that, too, bro. Thank you, bro. Grown. Bought a, yeah. bought a place. Boom. Got a wife. Scary shit. Scary oh. shit. Man, five life. years <laughs> yeah i've been back uh, yo i've been back five years and it's like pfft, yeah crazy isn't that mad though i left i left five years like time has flown yeah bro yeah flown so um what's the goal for you now you finished jen the the whole thing finished right it didn't get stopped yeah the residency is over probably. we've done a tour since then we did super bowl um and with this whole congrats on super bowl what's that super bowl was dope congrats thank on the you super bro bowl. i appreciate it it was, it was a great dope. i mean a great time Congrats on everything, but that was dope. Okay. Thank you, bro. You know I, mean? I appreciate it. Super Bowl was definitely a highlight of my career, for sure. Hell yeah, for especially because sure. you like football, too. So Yeah, and <laughs> my, my team it. was in the – they didn't yeah. win, but my team was in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like a surreal moment, you know? Imagine um, imagine they won. Imagine they oh, won. Bro, oh, bro, you know, I would have been yeah. – I would have missed my flight. <laughs> You'd been all up here. I've been in the strip club on the stage, like, woo! It'd be like sassy shoulders in this bitch. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, man, what's next? Uh, man, I'm really utilizing this social distancing time to really get my ducks in a row. Um, mm -hmm. As far as, like, I really want to move into TV and film. Um, 
not so much you, as yeah. the actor. I'm going to do acting classes and I'll do a little bit of acting. I don't really see myself being like the Michael B. Jordan. You know what I mean? Um, but if I can get a few slots here and there and, you know, do some fun stuff that's different, great. Come on, mm -hmm. let's run. Um, and let God let that be. Uh, but I do write scripts. I have picked up the camera and I do film and I do edit. I was going to say, do all of these things. You, do, you, you were doing a lot of filming as I was leaving, like, yeah. the States. You, you, that was your thing at the time. You were like, I'm, I'm buying cameras, fucking drones. Like, you were in. Yeah, bro. I mean, I got lights. I got a drone. I got camera, all kinds of things. And um, I'm just really ready to, uh, I have scripts that are fully written and I'm just really ready to produce them. So as soon as the social distancing situation is, is over, um, I'm really focused forward on that. And like, I'll still dance and I'll still do jobs. Um, I'm going to be picky with the jobs I do because I don't want to be stressed out if I'm going to do it. Uh, the mm -hmm. only person, in my opinion, the only person that I'm going to like <sighs> fucking work for is Jen. Nappy tags mm -hmm. and Jen. Anything mm -hmm. outside of that, like, I don't want to be stressed. So if it's a choreographer that got a point to prove, I don't want to help. If it's a choreographer mm -hmm. that wants to treat me as if I work for them, I don't want to do it. We can work together and I can, I can be a vessel of your movement, but I'm not going to sit here and be talked down to, and I'm not going to be sit. I'm not, I'm none of it. None of that yeah. happens anymore. So I'm mm -hmm. only taking jobs that spiritually make me feel okay. And that I can mm -hmm. have joy with anything outside of that. I don't want to do. So, um, really, I think it's reasserting, reasserting a new standard for myself of value. Uh, cause mm -hmm. as a dancer, we get taught to be suppressed. Yeah, which has never been easy for me. So you're a guinea pig. You do as I say. <laughs> yeah. So being in that for the past seven or eight years in the industry, um, it took a, a toll on me spiritually and mentally. Mm -hmm. The first time okay. I'm really um, I'm 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 reestablishing Matthew Day as a man, and I'm walking into yeah. L.A. with um with the idea of, I just moved here on uh -huh. a new career like field. A, a new perspective of shit. Yep. Cause so I, it's I like guess I'm you... hitting the streets for film TV and I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna go be it. I wanna be Matt Day. No longer do I wanna be the guy on stage with such and such, I want the light. Yeah, I feel you. You wanna be the, the artist. Yeah, I wanna travel so. because wherever I'm going, I am going. Not because mm -hmm. I'm on the bill with the artist that people want to see. Mm -hmm. Which there's nothing wrong with, because obviously that's incredible. But yeah. It's just you're past that phase of your career. Correct. Yeah, I I'm the same. Like, I started, I, I was hoping, obviously, to come back there and do Magic Mike Vegas. Yeah. And that fell through. And then I was hoping, then I fell into Dream Boys here, which is kind of like a, a version. It was before Magic Mike ever came out. It's been going for years. But it's like a male strip show, but it's now more dance-based. Um. And the more I've been in it, the more dancey it's become. Uh, and then Magic Mike opened here, and I was like, I want to do it here. Again, didn't happen. I was like, cool, it is what it is. This thing isn't meant to be. I'm not meant to be doing 10 shows a week. I'm meant to be doing this, and I'm meant to find a new journey. Do you know what I mean? It's not aligned mm -hmm. for me. So I stuck with Dream Boys, and then I was like, yo, I want to start a podcast. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, I want to now, like, my goal is this. This is my goal. Dancing is my my bread and butter and I still love it and it's still fun and it still excites me because it's a hobby, but I want to create my empire now. I want to yeah. work for me. I want to try and make my world. And I guess that's the same thing you're doing. And yeah. I think that's an age. I think that comes with age. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? I think it's like I can, now, I can now handle the responsibility of being in front of people. A hundred percent. And I'm accountable for my actions now. Whereas mm -hmm. before I'd have gone, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't yep. be, uh, maybe I've been timid to make the, the decision which might go right or might go wrong. Whereas now Correct. I'm happy to go, it's on my head. I'm, I'll take that leap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I 1000% agree. Uh, I had to learn to, I don't know, take ownership of my shit. Yeah. Just take ownership of my shit. The wrongdoings that I have in the world, I need to take ownership of. And um, even if the other person doesn't walk away okay, as long as I owned up to my shit, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I did what I had to do to make sure that uh, I sleep well at night. Mm -hmm. You know? Sure. Um, and I think when you started to go into that mind frame, when it comes to business, it becomes more about you and less about what you've accomplished. Push, yeah. Uh, right now, I'm not, I don't have a list of accomplishments I want. I have a list of um, feelings I want to give to the world to allow mm -hmm. people to feel, you know, like I've gone through a lot. I've seen the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor. So let me give y'all a little bit of perspective to make everything a little bit easier because you have to go through whatever drama you're in. You don't get to run from it. No, no matter, you gotta... if, you don't, if you don't deal with it today, you're going to deal with it tomorrow. <laughs> so let me give some perspective. Let me, let, me, let me offer a different point of view. Um, and mm -hmm. when it comes to scripts, TV, and film, let me offer an escape. Let, yeah. me, let me take you on a journey into a different world. That way for an mm. hour, hour and a half, however long, you can escape whatever bullshit is going on in your life and you can be in a different world for a little bit. Yeah, you can find some escapism from yeah. what your life is to see. Maybe inside your journey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's the most exciting shit when you see someone else's perspective. And that's the whole mm -hmm. point of these podcasts is like, you know, we get so wrapped up in our shit that when we hear someone else's shit, maybe we go, oh, fuck, I can do this. If they can get through that or they've been through the same thing, there's some mm -hmm. sort of relatability. And that's what that's the things that we like. Right. That's why we like. Hey, y'all, not sure what happened. We probably have been on the phone too long and it cut out. Um, so. I'm going to call him right back so we can finish this off. Sorry for the interruption, y'all. Hopefully y'all continue to rock with us. That conversation was really good, in my opinion. We back. We back. Sorry, bro. I think that we were on the, the, the phone for too long, so it cut out. Yeah, it's an hour. It's so dumb, but whatever. Um, yeah, like we're nosy people, right? Like that's our, that's our nature. And that's why we like this shit. We like hearing inside other people's journeys and other people's stories. And that's what we thrive on. When we watch a film, we don't watch a film about our life. We watch Correct. a film about someone else's life. We watch someone Correct. else's love story. They're the things that we relate to. So I think if you can make a story of maybe not even your life, but your perception and your creativity of the things you've seen, bro, I mean, blow people yeah. away. Cause in, in 30 years of your life, you've got, 80 years of experience you know what i'm saying yeah bro I mean, <laughs> that's, you know i think i went through some hardships but it was a blessing i learned and i'm here so yeah, what can sure. i do with the hardships i went through yeah i feel you, you embrace it mm -hmm. embrace it and use it use it as a strength not a weakness yeah why be sad about shit that's not happening today it happened yesterday so i got you know what i mean like i can't i can't be shackled to um mm -hmm. emotions that aren't happening right now yeah, I feel you. Because then you just wake up in some shit and you're like, why do I feel this way? Well, it's because you allowed yourself to be shackled to old emotions. You got to clear that shit out. That way you make room for new. Yeah, for sure, man.
Um, before we wrap this up, it's been an hour already. Fuck. Quick. Uh, what what advice? No, it's, there's no time limit, but you know, it's uh, if you could give up and coming, I guess not even dancers, just up and coming people. Maybe let's do two up and coming people. Some advice growing up or going through the life because you've gone through many different avenues and ups and downs, and then up and coming performers. Some advice. What would it okay. be? Okay. Um, up and coming people. This is a forever journey. Um, life is a forever journey because our forever is only our existence right here on earth. And then whatever happens after this, we figure out what's next. You know what I mean? So when you think about a forever journey, don't get complacent. Don't get stuck. Don't allow yourself to be so stubborn that you can't look at yourself in the mirror and make changes. Mm -hmm. um, we get so stubborn about the way we want it, how we want it to be, what we think. Sometimes what you think is wrong. Sometimes the way you want it to be is wrong. Sometimes the way you see life working out is not how it's supposed to work out. So mm -hmm. stay open to the forever journey. Always remember who you've always been, but allow characteristics to change about yourself because that's the only way that you see growth. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and growth is what we're trying to achieve through life. That's, what, that's where you find happiness is when you have growth. If you're in a relationship with a human being, you're gonna fight, you're gonna argue. But when you fight and argue over this today, and then in two months, you're no longer fighting and arguing over that, that's growth. And that created a new level of happiness in your relationship. Have that mm. same conversation with yourself. Have that sure. same level of dedication to yourself. So people in life, just have a level of dedication to yourself for growth. Um, and allow growth to happen. Sometimes it's sad, sometimes it's lonely. Depression is a good thing when you don't let it affect you negatively. Um, mm. Jim Carrey once said, depression is only deep rest. Sometimes we have to go into deep rest. That's why it's depression, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's our body telling us, hey, take a break so you can sift through what you haven't sifted through and become a greater person. So I would just say, man, it's a forever journey of growth. Always strive to change, always strive to grow, always strive to understand what you do not understand uh, about Fuck yourself yeah. and others. Um, and have an open heart and open mind. And as far as mm -hmm. performers go, um, don't be so dead set on what you want. I, How'd you mean? I, let's say I got dead set on dancing for Chris Brown. Then mm -hmm. what happens when I do it? All I had was one dream. And that was to dance for Chris Brown. How many opportunities did I miss out on because my focus was so far on this? You know? Mm -hmm. um, I'd say stay, stay open to your career changing. You might think you want to be a performer, but that might not be what the journey that you're supposed to go through in LA is. That might not be who you're supposed to become. You might get into this, realize the financial side of being a dancer is fucked up and want to become a financial advisor. You know what I mean? Um, so <laughs> yeah. be, you know? So <laughs> I know. Willing, be open and willing for, for your career to change as a performer. And a performer is somebody that brings joy to others. So if you're not bringing joy to others, then you're not performing. You know what I mean? If you don't know how to make the person on the other side of the table feel, then you need to go sit in the fucking mirror and get connected with your motherfucking self until you can make somebody feel something. So don't think it's about, don't think it's about dance steps. Don't think it's about how good you can sing. Don't think it's about none of the talent don't matter. Mm. Susan from down the street that bought that $300 ticket and is sitting wherever she's sitting in the audience, she don't know if this is good or this is good. 
She don't know. She just wants to be entertained. So do it for Susan. Don't do it for the choreographer. Don't do it for the creative director. Don't do it for those that know what good and bad is. Do it for those that don't, because those are the people you're going to affect most. Mm. Bro, that's fucking dope. This, this is you know, bro. This been a. This been a, somewhere. People are clapping. Yeah, you motherfuckers on. clap. Round of applause, <laughs> all around, bro. This has been so sick. I don't know if you know. I don't know if we can save this now. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I think that we can. I'm not sure. Uh, when I tried to save the last one, it didn't save. But I mean, I'm down to do a podcast. We can set that up and like let it be a podcast and let it be a part two. I'm all the way down. We can 100 percent do that. But I hope whoever watched it enjoyed and had a great time. I've had a pleasure yeah. catching up with you. Been, yeah, bro. A, it's been a blast. It's Easter here. Do you do you have Easter in the states? Uh, we do. Easter is tomorrow. So, yeah. Well, today here is tomorrow. Well, happy <laughs> so, Easter and happy, happy Resurrection Easter, Day. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with the Easter Bunny. Fuck the chicken. There you go. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> that's how we get. Egg. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. Stay safe. Stay happy. Speak soon.